0: now. Hello, I am Tracy Outsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 119 of ADHD for Smart Ass Women. Today, I have invited Dr. Lola Day to our podcast. Dr. Lola Day is a mother of three amazing children and a double boarded physician in pediatric and fetal. Wait, I'm not sure how to say that. She'll tell me in a second. Pediatric and fetal cardiologist who has ADHD herself. She's also the CEO and founder of Lollytasking, where she specializes in work-life balance for easily distracted women, ADHD, us, right? And high-achieving moms who have the will to accomplish their goals, but their brain keeps sabotaging them. Dr. Lola Day coaches women on productivity strategies that help them harness their superpowers and put blocks on their kryptonite so they can thrive in their zone of genius without sacrificing time away from family or being overwhelmed. Welcome, Lola. Did I get all that right?
1: You sure did. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Oh, well, you're a doctor. <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> I'll be a doctor. I'll I'll be that. <laughs> you know, I'm surrounded with so many doctors, and so you should say, Dr. This, Dr. This, but it's perfect. You, you're a doctor in this. So yes, I have bestowed you the doctor of podcasting, okay?
0: <laughs> perfect. perfect. Dr. Otsuka. You know, this is really sad, But that is pretty much the only reason I started out in pre-dentistry. My dad's, you know, was a dentist. And Uh, honestly, the only reason I wanted to be a dentist was because then people would call me Dr. Otsuka, (laughs) which isn't a good plan. You know, there's a reason it never happened for me, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's typically not a good reason. But yeah.
0: (laughs) So how many, you've got three kids Mm -hmm. and how old are they?
1: So my oldest is almost nine. My middle is almost six, and I have a three-year-old going up for who I call my baby. And he tells me all the time, "I am not a baby, mommy." <laughs> I was like, you will so, forever be my baby. You're my last." <laughs>
0: absolutely, you're going to be my baby for life. Uh-huh. So, are they boys and girls, or?
1: Yeah. So my oldest is my sweet daughter. She's a girl, and the other two are boys. Oh, oh, the oldest is
0: the daughter. Yeah, she'll be the one controlling
1: everything. Oh, I was absolutely. The oldest. She she runs the house, like literally. <laughs> she controls you, right? Oh, yeah. She was like, guys, we have to go now. Everybody put your shoes on, okay? I'm like, okay, boss mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we need one of those. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I want to hear all about your business, work life, all of that. It sounds extraordinary. But before we go there, can we talk about ADHD first?
1: Absolutely. I love this.
0: Yeah. So when were you diagnosed? What were the circumstances
1: around your diagnoses? Right. So before we even talk about when, let me talk a little bit about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, My name is Lola Day. People know me as Dr. Lola Day, but it's actually like a shortened name for something really, really long. My uh-huh. family is Nigerian-American. And if you know any Nigerian names, like we have long names with O's and A's and we always have like a nickname <laughs> as ah. the Lola Day and I'll tell you why I mentioned that when I talk about my diagnosis. So I wasn't diagnosed till I was 26. And when I was in my third year of medical school, but I can tell you, I had it all my life. This is not something that just happened. It was almost like a light bulb switch when I was finally diagnosed. And I was like, oh, so this makes sense now. Um, so I was in my third year of medical school. I had finished the first two years, which is like the hardest, most rigorous time for people who have ADHD. The first two years are more um, book work and the last two years are more clinical. You're out talking. You're doing actually the real medicine part of it and not the book work as much. Um So I was talking to my mentor, you know, talking about, you know, what do I want to do in residency and things like that. And she was like, you know what, Lola, I've just been always amazed by you. You're so smart. Um, You're so engaged. Like, you know your stuff. And she's like, I bet you killed it in the MCAT. For those of you guys that don't know, MCAT is like the medical, I don't even know what it stands for, but it's a standardized test you take to get into medical school, essentially. And when I tell you that exam was one of the most demoralizing exam I have ever taken in my life because I knew growing up, right? Like I've always known quote unquote, I wasn't that smart. I just work really hard. That's what I used to tell people. Um, so if I had a test, that was like a day, like tomorrow, I knew I had to study at least a week in advance because Lola makes stupid mistakes when she takes tests. That's just it. So I just accepted that fact about myself and I just worked more to get to it, right? I had structures in place. My family, like I said, my family is Nigerian. There were things that were expected of you. I tell people, you know, when you hear tiger mom, yeah. Um, A lot of people think more Asian. I'm like, just think yeah. of the African version of Tiger Mom. <laughs> That's what Africans are, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had structures in place for that. And then another thing that was also in place is, but when you did do well, they like praised you they mm-hmm. told everybody about it they you know it's one of this oh look at my daughter she's the valedictorian you know like that yeah. like they basically used their kids as freaking up uh, <laughs> like when they talk to each other he's like oh did your child get into harvard mine did you know like it's it's really crazy yes so in me Learning about ADHD and learning some of the effects. I'm like, the reason why I did so well was because I had structure. Everybody will tell you we need structure. We don't like it, but we need it. Totally. (laughs) We did it. I had like really insane structure. And I also had, you know, how they talk about the rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Yeah. And the flip side is recognition responsible for euphoria. Yes. Yes. So rec- exactly. So my drive was that addiction to the recognition I got when I did well. So I just loved it, you know. But then when I didn't do well, it was more like, oh my gosh, I failed, you know. And I hated that I failed feeling. So I worked 10 times. And you know how we hyper focus? Now I know it was hyper focus. I wasn't working hard, I will just hyper Yeah. <laughs> like, and I would hyper focus on studying. I also loved learning, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time if you hear of like, People who are physicians or people who do well in school and love ADHD, they loved learning. They loved those topics. The school they went to, like, their teachers loved them. They loved their teacher. People with ADHD can't be in a school where it's so regimentum, and they're not letting them um, own their own creati- creativity or come up with their own way of doing things. And to be honest, all through high school and college, I was either in gifted or honors classes. And I think that helped me the most because they were smaller classes. Mm -hmm. I could actually go talk to the teacher and say, you know what? And that's one thing. I wasn't scared to talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I would literally go talk to them. I'm like, listen, I want to get to medical school and I need an A in this class. So here's the problem. I usually would tell them, I was like, you know what? I'm really not good at test taking this way. Or I'll look through my stuff. Like, you know, when you register for classes back in the day where you had the book, not now, uh-huh. <laughs> where you look through the book to see who registered. I'll literally ask you around who allows you to take tests that were open ended tests and people ran away from those classes, but I thrived in those classes. What does right. that mean? An open-ended test. So open-ended tests are more like word format tests as opposed to multiple mm. choice. Got it. I hated multiple choice because you know, like I will overthink it and I'll pick B instead of C. Yeah, which is why I hated MCAT. Right? You see, now I'm digressing again. I hated. No, M- this just- <laughs> is.
0: It's fascinating. And the thing about it is, it sounds to me like what you did, which was so right on for your brain. First of all, it sounds like you loved what you were learning, number Mm -hmm. one, right? Mm -hmm. Number two, and I tell my son this all the time, get in front of your teachers, tell them what you have issues with, but also tell them how you learn really well and tell them what you're planning because then they want to be part of that,
1: right? right? Right. And that's the key. And I tell people mm-hmm. this all the time. My mom was always one of those people. And you know what? She didn't even know she was helping me, to be honest. I felt like she helped me a lot. She mm-hmm. was one of those people that would say, there's no point complaining if you don't have a solution to it. Uh. So before I went to the teacher, I told them the problem and I told them my solution. Yeah. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't work. Right. Right. I would tell you majority of those teachers were able to partner with you to get you to where you need to get. And this is without a diagnosis, guys. This is yeah. just me saying, this is really hard for me. This is what works for me. Can I do this? Can I do that? One thing they never did was give me more time. Like a lot of the teachers are like, nope, you have that time. So I will say stuff like, okay, can we get like a practice test a week in advance? Because I practiced, I start studying two weeks ahead of everybody, you know, and they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, because that's the only way I'm going to (laughs) pass. you know. Oh, and
0: then they want to help you because they see how much you want it.
1: People want to help you. That's Exactly. Exactly. So I think that really helped me throughout like my undergrad. And then when I took my MCAT, which I said was the bane of my existence, that test is the worst for people who have ADHD. And I think when people write tests, they really need to get people who have neurodiverse brains in the room to help them in writing their tests. So for your MCAT, the sentence, this is the pre of the question, is like a whole page long. And you yeah. know us, by the time we get to like <laughs> line four, I'm like, what what are they even trying to ask me? Right. Yeah. So I knew all those, and then they would put like tips to trip you up, and it was just really bad. I studied enough to get a perfect score on that exam. Oh, jeez. So, how studied, long did you have to study? I studied a whole year for it. I remember, particularly my third, because you take it like your third or fourth year of undergrad. And I remember my third year, I, ha- I like my friends were like, you'll be fine, Lola, you're smart. I had all A's, right? So people were just like, you'll be fine, you're smart, you worry too much, and da, 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 da And my friends went clubbing, my friends, I remember my friends went to Universal Studio for our spring break, and I was like, I can't, guys, I have to focus. So I sacrificed a lot to, like, get it. And when I got my grades back, I did well to get into medical school, obviously, but I was just so demoralized, because I was like, I did all this studying, and I just came out, like, 75 to 80 percent, you know, so like it was so demoralizing. So did you have to keep taking it to get that perfect score? No, it was enough. See, that's the problem. It was enough. Most people would have been happy with my score. Right. Mm -hmm. It was enough to get into medical school. But what was demoralizing for me was how hard I had to work to get that average score. Okay. So
0: wait, so I'm confused. Did you say that you got a perfect score?
1: No, I didn't. I wanted to get a perfect score. Oh, you were trying to get, okay. I was trying to get a perfect score. So basically for me to get, like, if I want to get a 95 in a class, I'm shooting for like 200%. Like I study too. I have no choice, right? Because I knew I was going to make mistakes. I knew like, I would just read it wrong. You know, our typical things we do. So I overcompensated to get to Mm -hmm. where I needed to get to. So when she asked me, she was like, Lola, you're so smart. But damn, when people would talk to me, I could answer you. I could tell you everything because I've studied so much. I knew it, right? Yeah. And like when people, she would ask me questions and I knew it and I knew why. I knew, and she was like, oh my gosh, you will be such a fantastic physician. And that's why she said, I bet you got a perfect score on your MCAT. And I was like, oh my gosh, you just hit me right now. That's a trigger for me. The MCAT was horrible. And i like telling her all the stuff. And she was like what? She was like, I think you have ADHD. And I was like, nah, I don't. (laughs) You don't? Nah, I don't. And even me as a medical student, we learn about this stuff, right? You automatically think people who have ADHD are people who are unmotivated. It's kind of like the stereotypes people have, right? They're unmotivated. They can't focus. And I'm like, I can over <laughs> That's not my problem. My problem is not focusing. It's the overfocus, focusing you know, like that. Yeah. And she was like, trust me. And looking back, now that I know all the stuff about ADHD, I think she had ADHD too. That's why she knew. <laughs> well,
0: one of the things that, because I was listening to your podcast and I was shocked when you said this, that your mentor, mm-hmm. I think that's what you called her, mm-hmm. she told you that she believes that 30% of doctors have ADHD? Yep.
1: Yep.
0: Wow. Yep. I bet you those 30% make the best doctors because they can see that big picture, right? They can put all those, absolutely, connect all those things together.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's when she was like, you know, I think you have to get tested. And I'm not going to lie initially, I was like, why the heck would you think I have ADHD? You know, guys, I was one of those people that looked down on us. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but because she was one of those, people, like she just believed in me so much. I went to get tested only because she told me to, not because I believed I had it. Wow. And when I got tested, and that test was like the longest test ever. (laughs) It was (laughs)
0: horrible.
1: (laughs) And when I went back for my, you know, my results, he was like, can I ask you a question? You said you're a third-year medical student. How were your grades the first two years? And I told him, and he was like, huh that is very interesting can you tell me a little bit about your family and like and I'm like why is he asking me this questions and he was like you had one of the most severe inattentive ADHD I've ever seen like your 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 brain (laughs) like bounces just does not focus whatsoever and I was like well I could have told you that I mean you know it is what it is, but it doesn't mean I have ADHD. And he's like telling me how what I have done was why I have, I have succeeded yeah. so long. You know, the euphoria of, of wanting to be the best and how my mom would react when we did well, mm-hmm. the structure we had in place. The fact that I had a book with me all the time where I wrote, you know, things down so I don't forget the fact that I woke up every morning and had a calendar that I did. I did all the stuff without coaching without, that. And it was almost like it was to be honest, my mom would be like, why don't you do this? She's an accountant. And I think that helps. Right. She's very like, blocked. yes, very linear, <laughs> very linear, very, <laughs> very linear. And even in me picking the fact that I wanted to be a doctor, I knew I couldn't do any job where I had to sit down for long. I wanted something where I was up and about, talking and, you know, to get my attention going. And even in me picking pediatric cardiology, I wanted something that had variety. So like one day I could be seeing pregnant moms all day. The next day I could be in clinic seeing beautiful kids with heart disease. The next day I could be in the OR doing the imaging for Echo, you know? So Mm -hmm. it helps my stimulation, you know? So I think people just need to own that they have it. I understand it's debilitating. I am not minimizing it at all. You know, it's a Mm -hmm. spectrum. Some people walk hard at it. But I always say you can't overdo your brain, right? You can't change your brain chemistry. Your brain chemistry is what it is. We just have to find out how to tap into the parts that are really good and block the kryptonites. like I always like to say. Sorry, that was a
0: long response. (laughs) No, it was a great response. And I, I think the bottom line, medicine for you, once you could get through the book part, and this, then the testing part is probably the best thing for you and your brain.
1: Absolutely, hands down, hands down. I love going to work. You know, and I was telling someone the other day, I was like, I don't even care how much I'm making my coaching business. I'm still going to be in medicine for life. You know, like yeah. I'm already thinking down the line, building a heart center for kids. And, you know, like I have big dreams because mm-hmm. I love my patient. I love the children. I love, again, not, you know, I just thought about it. Maybe it's the euphoria. They love me <laughs> too. <laughs> well, you've just made it really work for
0: you uh, yeah, so yeah. that. You probably realize now that, but for ADHD,
1: you probably would not be half the doctor that you are. Hands down. Absolutely. Hands down. You know, who else can start talking to a mom about something and go on a tangent about something else that's not related to why they're here? And you're like, wow, Dr. Lola, you are so personable. The uh-huh. fact that you can ask, you can see a mom's shirt that has a butterfly, you're like, ooh, that's a cute butterfly because of my <laughs> disability
0: <laughs> So can I ask you, have you always yes. felt different than others, like when you were growing up?
1: Yes, I 100% felt different. Like I said, I oh, well, I know I'm very smart now, but at that time I always felt like I was not smart Mm -hmm. because I knew I had to work 10 times as hard to get whatever everybody had to get to. So that one was a butter for me. And then in a house where my other two sisters were naturally smart, they didn't have to work as hard as I did. Yeah, My dad was also gifted, but looking back, I think I got it from my dad. He had ADHD as well. Like, Uh you probably say no because he's an African man. But (laughs) I I see some traits. (laughs) My dad is an entrepreneur. He knew he could never work for anybody. Mm -hmm. He's always had a business all his life. He's an architect, right? Uh, So creativity. He owns his own construction company. So business, Uh right? And Mm -hmm. then he, he didn't think that was enough. So he started a furniture factory also. You know, so multiple businesses, you know, like. Yeah, it's, and he's
0: an And it's all connected, person. like a, an architect has a furniture factory. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. <laughs> exactly. Makes perfect sense to me. It does, it does. And I remember back in Nigeria, like now they do subdivisions. You know how we do it here? When yeah. we were younger back, we moved here when I was about 11 or 12. My parents divorced, that's why we moved here. But when we were younger, back in Nigeria, he was one of the first people to have a, what he called a a la carte so you come Uh see because back then you go find an architect then you go find a constructor construction person Mm -hmm. and then you go find this no he had an a la carte you come, I design, I have a surveyor. Ah. I have a, you know, we construct your house and we help you do your furniture. And before my parents' divorce was actually about to open a design house for my mom. So she would also like decorate the house. So it was almost like when we were done, you have a key to your house and that's it, you know? And that's that visionary aspect that we Mm -hmm. ADHD people have, right? We're able to kind of like, build and construct in our head where most people don't even what I'm realizing that most people don't do. Like you just assume everybody thought that, you know, or like when Absolutely. I talk to people, I'll be like, what do you mean you don't have like 10,000 things that you're thinking about at the same time? They're like, no, I think about one thing that I sound like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so boring.
0: You know, one of the uh, things that you just said that I can so relate to, and I think this is just brilliant is One of the benefits of diagnoses is that, like, I hear you say, I never thought I was smart. I just thought I worked harder than everybody else. And I can so relate to that. Mm -hmm. And it was finally getting diagnosed, where it made me realize, no, you really are smart. Your brain just works differently. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, well you know, yeah, I'm ADHD. I don't know. I don't need to get diagnosed. That I think is one of the keys because it really makes you understand your brain and realize just how bright you are.
1: Absolutely. Like, even in my coaching program, like, I have moms who they think they're AD, come to me and say, I think I'm ADHD ish. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yes, I could start coaching you, but one of my requirements is you go get diagnosed. Yeah. Because you need that diagnosis to be able to reshape your mindset. If you think you're ADHD ish, there's no such thing as a ish. You either have it or not. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. So, you're a physician. And you have a business where you work as a productivity and work-life strategist. Like, how did that come about?
1: Oh, my gosh. So it came out of share need, right? I had friends who would call me and say, Lola, you are, because I told you earlier, like, structure saved my life. So Mm -hmm. I'm uber structured and I, I have to plan everything. And I learned early on to be like, nope, I didn't plan it. I'm not doing it, you know. And when we started having kids, and you know how it is when you're younger and having kids, you know, life is just like a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of my friends were like, text me, like, Lola, you were the queen of organization. You were the queen of structure. I needed to help me just organize my life. And, you know, we ADHD, we love helping people. We're very empathetic. empathic. And I'm like, sure, like, why not? And I, one day, I hyper focused and I wrote everything I did and I basically created a program for my friend. This is just because I wanted to. (laughs) She didn't ask me to. (laughs) (laughs) And I came and I was like, okay, now you have to get here at nine o'clock. And I have all these plans we have to do. And she was like, whoa. Like, (laughs) I thought we're just going to have a discussion. I'm like, no, we have to do it right. And I went through the program with her and she was like, Oh my gosh, just changed my life, you know? And, and she wasn't even ADHD. And I tell people my program helps people with ADHD, but he like 10 times people who don't have it. Right. 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 So, um, from doing that, I did that for like different friends and then she would tell another friend, but I had it in me that, listen, as a physician, I'm uber busy. I don't do anything, but work during the week. And then I have usually one weekend a month when I'm on call. So that takes a week off from my family. And then I have two weekends for my family that I do not sacrifice. So I only have a weekend a month to do this. If I'm going to do it, I'm only doing it for one person a month. And on like month five, a friend like texted me and was like, you know what, this is not fair because I've been waiting and you're telling me I'm not going to come to the month. Like, I'm in dying need now, you know? <laughs> And that's when we started talking about, okay, what can I do? So I started a group coaching program that way I could get, you know, a couple people at a time to like help them. But then I started getting more in this whole idea of visibility. I had ADHD, but 99.9% of my friends did not know it, to be honest. The first time mm-hmm. most of them heard it was on my podcast. Anyway, I've had some friends that me like, God darn it. Everything makes sense now about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that's if they understand ADHD, right? Because mm-hmm. I would think that a lot of people would look at you, would look at your life, would look at what you've accomplished and say, no, that can't be ADHD. Because yeah, don't know what exactly. it looks like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like, uh, like these two friends are like my closest friends. They're like, you know, they knew like the, they knew like when I would forget stuff, like most people wouldn't, like they saw the other side of me, <laughs> right? So they're like, oh, it makes sense. But but yes, the vast majority of people are. Like, I am shocked. You're a pediatric cardiology. How is that even possible? I'm like, I mean, do you know Will Smith has ADHD? Do you know <laughs> Simone Biles have it? Has ADHD? Yeah. Do you know Einstein had ADHD? Okay, so that's just to name a few, you know. And that's when they're like, whoa. How did you do it? You know, and it's been great because then it gives me an opportunity to talk about it because the more we talk about it, the more we can help the other children coming up because, you know, as a pediatrician, my heart always goes to the kids, especially in this age of information and technology. The distractibility is way worse than we had it when we were younger.
0: Way worse. So
1: I think in the parents understanding it, they're not so frustrated on their children thinking they just don't have the drive and the motivation, and they can actually focus on their children's creativity and help them get there. But yeah, so that's how I got into coaching. And then how did that segue into entrepreneurs? Right. So we ADHD, so I love entrepreneurs because you know we are very creative and we do a lot of things but one thing about entrepreneurs who have ADHD is that if you don't realize you have it you can start a lot of businesses that don't move at all true so you know we like to start so many things like you know we have so many ideas and the reason why we we don't finish what we start is because oh this next idea sounds so much better So we move on to the next idea and we Mm -hmm. move on to the next idea. But as an entrepreneur, if you realize that you have ADHD, you realize that you're more of a visionary. So even in my company right now, right? I see myself more as a visionary, the chief coach, right? I love the coaching part. I love talking. I love helping. But I don't necessarily have to be the one to pay our bills or our taxes. I delegate that mess. Yes, You know? delegation.
0: Did you um, just say I delegate that mess?
1: Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm like all with you, girl. It's not my. It's not in my zone of genius. You know, I think if people just did what they were good at and just forget the rest, just let like the people who are good at it, you know? My mom's an accountant. You go do that stuff, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or like, for example, I love writing my copy because I like putting my heart into it, but do I really have to be the one to press paste or post? No. So learning what to delegate is very important. And also learning that you may need a partner. You may need a partner in your business. So if you're the visionary and CEO, do you need a chief operating officer that does all the operations of your business And that actually frees you to do what you love most about the business, which is the visionary and the creativity aspect of that. So I think that's the number one thing uh, people need to think about. And the number two thing is delegation. The number three thing is learning to, (laughs) and this is the hardest part for us, doing 50 things in one direction. Versus opposite directions. Exactly. Or like taking one step in 50 directions. That's what I was trying to say. We're so good at doing that. We do multiple little, little things. But uh, there's this thing I do with the girls of the ladies in my group. And it's almost a visual. So if you're listening to this, maybe you could do this right now. Take like five pencils or whatever you have, papers. Don't get up and go, you know, don't digress now because I know us with ADHD. Whatever you have in front of you, (laughs) take it and lay it side by side. If you have a pencil, look at the short pen, look at the sharp side. They all are on the same step, right? They're all on the same line. But if you take one, now take another pencil behind that pencil and take another pencil behind that pencil. See how much farther you've gone by doing one, finishing that one before doing the other one. So what I tell people is if you're having that urge that this is so good, I have to do it, go ahead and write it down and put it as a step beyond what you're doing. So my coaching program, I think is amazing, right? But I also have this lofty idea of having like a focus business where people can just join and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. So I have put that at the next step. I'm like, if I hit this mark on my business, then I can start working on this. Because by that time, I would have the processes in place with this business, right? The fourth thing you should also think about doing is automation. Yeah. If you don't have to remember it, why do you have to do it? Let's put this computers to good use. Why do we pay all this money if we're yeah. not going to put it to good use? Automate anything you can automate. There are some people who are actually automation coach, if you don't believe it or not, where you can pay them and they can look at your systems and tell you what you can automate. You know, if you send emails every week and it's a newsletter like I do every week, I send like a life hacks to women. Mm hmm. I automate that. We write the life hacks ahead of time and we automate the next four weeks. You know, the good thing is if something changes, we can always change it, but at least we know it's there and it's going to go, you know, that way we're not missing it. So those are the, I think, four things that came off my head that I usually tell people that may help you if you're an entrepreneur.
0: So why do you think that we struggle with we have one idea, we start working on it, and then we jump to the other idea, and then we jump to a third idea. Do you think from what you're seeing with your entrepreneurs, is it because it gets hard and we're kind of always looking for that dopamine hit? Or do you think it's just that we have so many ideas and we need to learn how to prioritize and like you said, you know, put it away in a stable of you know an idea bank?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's all of the above. Mm-hmm. I think we love that high of newness. Oh my gosh. Like when I'm in the shower, I don't know why it happens to me in the shower. Yes, you too. <laughs> when I'm in the shower, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to write this down. Like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I literally want to start whatever that is. And I forgotten the last idea. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's part of it. Another thing is that a lot of it also is like, we started it because we love the idea we're not thinking about the intricacies of it when we started, right? Like when I started my business, I'm not thinking about paying taxes. I just wanted to help. Now you're telling me I got to pay taxes? (laughs) You know (laughs) (laughs) So that's that sounds like those things that we don't like doing that you give other people. Because if you give other people to do those, you're able to stay longer in the visionary aspect. People have also said that, you know, back in the days, like thousands of years ago, we were the undergraduates, right? We were the leaders of the pack. So we're good at leading and we're good at vision. Mm. So if we just stay in our role, right? So I have an amazing executive assistant. She knows I have ADHD. She does not have ADHD. And that's by design. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you don't want your brain leading your brain. (laughs) Exactly. So she knows she has the right and the whims to call me out and be like, okay, Dr. Lola, let's focus. I'm like, okay, okay, sorry, 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 sorry. You know, so she, I have given that, that will to be able to do that, right? Because I know me. And I know where my pitfalls lies. And she deals with a lot of my operation stuff that I do. So that has helped me a lot. So dopamine and, and barring, we don't do barring. We don't do mundane. So if your business starts to get boring or if you're spending too much of your time in the boring aspect of your business, that makes you want to do something else as well. And then one thing that we're good at is we're also good in reinventing our business, right? Like seeing the future of it. The problem though is don't reinvent too early. You have to Mm -hmm. learn to master what you have right now before you reinvent to the next step. But like I said, with the pencil exercise, go ahead and write it down But give yourself a deadline, right? Like, okay, when well, we redish that, because again, with time to us, it's fluid, right? So you have to give yourself a milestone. Okay, when I reach this milestone, then I'll do this. So even if that idea keeps coming back to you, you are writing it down for that milestone and that your brain thinks she's working on it but you're actually not working on it physically. But the fact that you're doing it and writing it down, your brain leaves you alone. (laughs) Seriously, like our brain. (laughs) Uh, It's like when you're studying for an exam. So I used to do this also. I still do it actually, today. I don't know why I used to do this. When I'm studying or I'm writing my notes, like, you know, stuff that I don't like doing, and I keep getting ideas I have a book I have with me all the time, and I just write it down. The mere fact of me writing it down, my brain leaves me alone. Like, okay, yeah, she took care of it. And I I, I write it down. Sometimes I put a time to it if it keeps coming back.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah, brain dump, because otherwise we can't focus on what we need to be focusing on. The other thing that I just thought of is, you know, ideas are in our head, and they're really easy for us. And somehow we convince ourselves that if we're coming up with all these ideas, we're actually working in our business, but we're not right. <laughs> yes. We're just, you know, s- distracting us. So we don't actually have to go in and do the hard work. Oh but my gosh. Yeah. Isn't always fun.
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One thing. Um, and I don't know if this is even a digression, but I think it relates a little bit. One thing we're also good at is overlearning. Ah. Like if we have a business like, we could learn so much about that business sometimes and then actually, like, work on it. You're like, ooh, this is cool, right?
0: <laughs> well, and especially, Lola, in online businesses, exactly. I see women, uh, you know, because I work with women. So mm-hmm. I see women do that all the time. They sign up for every single program. They know everything. Yet, two years later, they still haven't gotten out there and become visible,
1: which is what their business really needed. Yep. And my trick to that, see, guys, I'm giving you all my trick I teach people. The, my ladies are going to be like, what are we paying for now? <laughs> <laughs> the trick is you need to buy for just in time learning and not just in case learning. I don't know if you heard that. No, so I that's used,
0: a great trick.
1: I um, used to do that too. And let me tell you, I am ashamed to say I probably have over 15, 20 courses that I did when I started my program, just wanting to learn. And for me, online is so foreign to me because all I knew was medicine. All I knew was science. So this is like a whole different world. I felt like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything. And I will see like a course on marketing. Thank you, Facebook ads. I'll buy it. A course on this. Thank you, Facebook ads. I'll buy it. You know like Yeah. I was like, oh, I know I would need this someday. But I was nowhere near there. Like I wasn't even, you know, I didn't even start anything. And I bought all those courses that we probably would never go to, to be honest. You, you don't have time to do all of that. So I had to, again, recognizing your brain and coming up with solutions for it. And I was like, Lola? Do you need it right now? Like where you are in your business, do you need it? You don't need it, okay? Why don't you? Still, I literally have a notebook on my um Apple iPhone. You know the iNotes that says mm-hmm. courses I will need later, <laughs> <laughs> and I copy it and I put it in there. And when I tell you, I've probably gone to that notebook to pick a course maybe once, <laughs> which showed yeah. me that I really did not need
0: them. <laughs> But I think we're afraid, right? I mean, I've, yep. I've been the, the victim of that where, mm-hmm. oh, my God, but I know I'm going to need it next time. So I better just get it now because I won't find it. I won't know where I saw it. Yeah. So tell me again. What what did
1: you say? Just in time learning, not just in case learning. Just
0: in case. OK,
1: yes. <laughs> I put not someday learning. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, just not- in time. Like, in time, oh, I need this right now to work on this that I'm working on right now versus, oh, I know one day, three years down the line, I may do like a challenge. And I said this challenge thing, so why don't I buy it now? No, right? And you're going to see in their copy that if you don't buy today, the price is going to go up. Yes, exactly. Blah, 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 blah. Y'all, it's psychology. If
0: uh-huh. the price
1: goes up and you really need it, So what? You pay for it. Uh, Or guess what? You may find another one. And by that time, you may even find a better one, which is what I found out when I started doing this. Like there's some that I will have in the link. And of course, you know us, we have to go research. Yeah. so even when i click the link and then i'm like let me just see what's out there and then i'll ask friends and i'll research and rarely do i actually use the one that i saved in my notes i usually find another one that ends up being better and cheaper in some cases so and in you doing that it reaffirms that for you and it helps you when you see things like that I'll be like oh i'm just gonna put this in my maybe i'll buy this later category
0: yeah, and the thing is, you don't even know what you need until you get into action, right? Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. I
0: can't tell you how many times I've thought, okay, this is the direction I need to go in. And it's all in my head. And then I actually get into action and I realize, okay, that I'm not going there. That makes mm-hmm. no sense.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we have this, again, we're visionaries. We we overhype things. And sometimes that's why we're so such an amazing inventor and CEOs and business people, because we think outward where most people wouldn't go. We're there. We're in the, we're, we're on the yeah. moon. We've passed the moon. We're on Saturn now, you know? like <laughs> so, Totally. Totally.
0: So Lola, what are the ADHD traits that you feel are responsible for your success?
1: So mine is, like I said earlier, two things I think for sure, for sure has helped me is my hyper focus, like medical school, especially being able, I could study for 15 hours at a time. Like I literally will go from like 6am to midnight sometimes, you know, so that's helped me hyper focus. The problem is knowing how to hyper focus on what you need to hyper focus on, Yeah. So that's number one. And number two, like my me being able to respond to positive affirmation that drives me a lot. I think those two things have been one of my biggest superpower.
0: Got it. And what do you think the key to living successfully with ADHD is?
1: Own it. Like it's mine. This is me. I can't change it. This is how I am, you know. I told a friend the other day, I was like, you see my skin? It's beautiful and brown. It's always going to be mocha. It it is who I am. Same with my brain. It's just a different type of brain. I used to joke a while ago that it should not be ADHD. It should be different attention disorder. You know, like it's just a different way we think about stuff. That Um, would be more accurate. Right, right. It's just, you know, I just think you think this way. I think this way. It's just a different way I think of it. The problem is the world... Is less of us. So the world is made to be monotone and doing the same thing over and over and over. So we have to fit in that world. That's really all it is. And the first step, like I said, if you own your ADHD and realize that it does not have to be debilitating. I know it is debilitating for some people and I hear you and I don't want to minimize that because ADHD has been hard for me at times. You know, like I just told you about my MCAT story. I cried for days, you know, and I had friends that are like, I barely got that stuff. What's wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. Not realizing <laughs> how hard I had, put my heart and soul and everything into it. So I know it. I know that feeling. So I don't want you guys to think I'm minimizing it. But at the same time, I want you to say, you know what? I see Dr. Otsuka. You see, I, I said it again, Dr. Otsuka. <laughs> <laughs> I see Dr. Lola, you're doing it. There's one thing my mom always said when I was growing up. This is funny. African mom, good Lord. Uh-huh. Like when you would come home, let's say with a B, she would say something like, Oh no, not a B, like a 90. Yeah, 90 says so a low A. minus. A minus. <laughs> a minus. A-. A-. She'd be like, Oh, okay. So who got the IS in the class? She wants to know that first. Because if it's you, she, maybe she'll understand it was a little bit hard. If you say two other people, somebody got a 97, somebody got a ninety-five. She'll say, Oh, okay. So their brain is bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> if anything, I have a bigger head. I do have a big head. She was like, exactly. You have more brain cells. So, you know, we just need to figure it out and we need to be the best in whatever we put ourselves in. You know, and to be honest, she didn't do it in a putting me down way. It was a more of an encouragement, right? Almost like they're not any better than you. Yes. And I'm telling you, ladies, right now, we're not any better than you. You are yeah. smart. You are wonderful. You, you got this, you know, the fact that you have this ability, I really feel like neurotypical people are kind of jealous actually guys. Yeah. yeah, That's yeah. the truth. <laughs> so I, I just want to encourage anybody out there cause I know it's hard. I really know it's hard. Yep.
0: I love it. And, I'm sure you can agree you would not change your brain for anything.
1: Absolutely not. I would say I actually, I'm not on medication right now, but I tried medication for a little bit and mm. I actually did not like the way I felt. I didn't like the fact that I couldn't strategize when I wanted or the ideas that just popping, you know, the light bulb moments went away. It was too silent for me. I was like, oh no, <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. Okay. Share with us your number one ADHD workaround.
1: My number one ADHD workaround has to do with, I'm telling you, because things jump in my head, is having my notebook with me all the time. If for whatever reason, I leave it at home, I go and get a paper that I'm Mm -hmm. carrying me all the time. I have to write things down, not only to be able to remember things, but also to be able to calm my brain cells. Yeah,
0: I'm the exact same way. (laughs) And if I think I can remember,
1: Mm -hmm. I can't. You can't. No, I don't even lie to myself anymore. Let me tell you, stop lying to myself. Stop (laughs) trying to overcome your brain. Just work with it work with it
0: <laughs> well i heard someone and i can't remember who said this but our brains are not meant to remember they are meant to think
1: yep they're meant to process That's that it. needs
0: so much sense because i know my
1: brain certainly <laughs> made up made like that nope it's not it's not remembering anything there are times when people are like oh dr Lola kater i'm like email me please yeah. I'm I'm walking right now. I'm not gonna remember in ten minutes. So please send me an email. I do like, oh okay, I just thought I'd just tell you real quick since you're here. Please send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. So before I let you go, are you working on something that you wanna tell us about? Yeah. So I have a program and our next cycle actually starts in May 3rd and it's called accomplish with ease level up to you 2.0. And you know how I talked about um, the fact that we need to have a vision and something we love to kind of get us to the next level. I work with this wonderful fantastic women in crafting the next level you for yourself, for your family, for your community. And for your business or your work. So a lot of these tips I gave you is like things we talk about in our business and how we can, so we work on creating a plan and then we work on um, tips that we do. And it's a six weeks intensive, quote unquote intensive. I don't like that word, Um, (laughs) but it's literally, listen, it's 10 minutes of video every day. So it's really not that bad, but I want you to do it every day because I know us, if we don't have structure, we wouldn't do it. Right. So it's, a, it's six weeks of that. And then you have a year in our program where we have accountability partners. We have monthly coaching. So it's basically a group of women where we get each other, you know, like we talk about this kind of stuff in there as well. So
0: it sounds wonderful. So where do they go to find more information on
1: it? Right. So I think the best place you can actually go is my Instagram and it is at Loli Tasker, L-O-L-L-I-E-S-T-A-K-E-R. And if you go to my link, I have like a link that has all the um, information in, in your bio in my bio. Exactly. Okay. Um, link in my bio will have all of that. You can also go to www.lolitasking.com, but that's more like a general about me and stuff, but my Instagram and that would be the best place. Cause I always have new things coming on. And if you follow me also on Instagram, like if, if new things pop up or if I have, you know, some workshop that I'm doing, I'm actually going to do a workshop, um, it's not all set, so I won't go into detail about that, but a lot of people have been asking me how to create a family hub. I have a part of my program, but I'm going to do a workshop about that for busy moms who are easily distracted. So
0: what's a family hub?
1: Ooh, it's something I teach my people. I had to have a family hub for my family. So, <laughs> so it's an online calendar if you may that's the simplest way i could say that you create for your family where everybody knows what's going on like nobody has to ask me mommy are you on call tonight no um, we're not having those conversations yeah it's God, all the in there help. it's all in there but there's a strategic way to do it where the kids can be involved um i'm all about empowering other people so it empowers you and makes you better so you're not doing everything especially as mom we tend to want to be superwoman and no it's a family we're a team so a lot of people have been asking me, like, can you do this for my friends? They just wanna Yeah, so we're gonna do that soon as well. So if you follow me, we're gonna talk about that. Um and I'll have the link in my bio when that's ready. It's not ready yet. We're taking steps. We have we have one pencil right now. Once that done, <laughs> we'll pencil is done, we'll do that next. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that sounds fascinating though. I am certain that um, hey, if you're not an entrepreneur and you know, your main career right now is your family and your kids, gosh, you gotta have one of those.
1: Absolutely.
0: And actually, now that I think about it, the
1: busier you are, probably even more important that you have it, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody needs one. Everybody needs one. Everybody needs a family help. But I just didn't realize how much people would need it. So I did it for people in my program. Mm-hmm. And do were like, oh, my gosh. Like, can I have my friend join? No, they don't have ADHD. I'm sorry, they can't join. But <laughs> so this one is for women, busy professional women or busy women with young kids or families, just just helping you a little bit.
0: Got it, got it. Well, Dr. Lola Day, this was so fun. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. thank I'm you. Thank so, you for having me. I'm so delighted that you spent time with us here today. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. This has been fantastic. I love your podcast, Tracy. I love that you took the step to start it. And I love all the wonderful women that has been coming on. It just shows ladies, like I said, we all don't have brains bigger than you. If anything, maybe yours may be bigger than us. So thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So that's what I have for you for this week. If you like this episode with Dr. Lola, please let us know by leaving a review Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And you know what? Your reviews really help in that regard. I also... Wanted to remind you that I have a special podcast index for you. You know, we're at episode, what is it for this one? Episode number 119. So there's so much content. And I initially created this podcast index for myself because I could no longer remember what we've talked about and what we haven't. So I wanted everything in one place that had to do with emotions or the actual ADHD diagnosis or flipping your ADHD mindset from weakness to strength focus. So now you can just go to our podcast index and it's all. They're organized by topic, and you can find the podcast index at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash podcast index. One more thing, if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, leave me an audio message on my podcast page at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.